Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. This is our match preview. Newcastle welcome Aston Villa to St James's Park on Friday night at 8 pm kickoff. And it's a must win for Newcastle United yet again. I'm joined by Burnham Live's Ashley Chris, who covers Aston Villa. And we also hear from our very own John Gibson. All that to come and much, much more on Everything Is Black and White podcast. Joined by John Gibson. John. Big game for Newcastle tomorrow evening against Aston Villa. And it's one which I think is a must win. I'm not sure if Steve Bruce does, given his comments before the West Brom game in which they drew 1-1. For you, is Aston Villa a must win on Friday night? Well, every single game now becomes a bigger must win than the previous one, simply because Newcastle United don't win. I mean, a record of two wins out of the last 18 matches stretching over three months is the biggest warning that you could ever have in your life. I mean, if Newcastle United as a club was a stick of rock, they'd have relegation, the word relegation running right through it. It is an absolute, abysmal, pathetic attempt um, to get out of trouble and has put them in trouble. I mean, there were 10 points ahead of Fulham. They're now one point ahead of Fulham. It's, you know, this is the biggest collapse since the blue 12 points to Manchester United back in the day, but at least that was at the right end of the table. This is at the wrong end of the table. And I think what infuriates me, Andrew, and infuriates all Newcastle United fans is the way we're going about the job. We're so timid, it's untrue. When you look at West Brom, the worst defence in the league, but Steve Bruce expresses satisfaction at getting one point out of the game uh, against a side as bad as that. The only worst side in the Premier League is Sheffield United, and we went down there as timid and apologetic as we were at the Hawthorns, and we got beat 1-0. Do we expect to stay up when we can't win at West Brom and we can't win at Sheffield United? I mean, ideally, you would have been coming into this game on the back of a win against West Brom and then you've got Brighton, obviously, uh, a week later after this Villa game. And yet, for all, it was a, it was a point and, of course, that's better not to lose, isn't it? You know, you, you always want a point rather than a defeat. I think just the manner of the performance against West Brom, like you say, Steve Bruce didn't consider it a must-win. Then you had Fulham beating Liverpool, and it turned well, into, uh, a, into into a negative point, didn't it, John? And it's not yeah. really... I mean, we haven't had the fireworks of last week in the build-up of this game, but it's not really felt, looking at it, like a positive build-up to the game. I think fans are nervous. I think, you know, they're just predicting the worst on Friday. Well, and it's natural to be to do so. I mean, this is the thing. This this idea that it's better to have a point than none, which is obvious to uh, anyone. But it is that sort of attitude which is going to walk Newcastle United into the championship because. We come along, we get one point at West Brom. We've got the manager saying afterwards that the attitude was great and it was absolutely imperative that we didn't lose. And then a couple of hours later, Fulham, with a totally different attitude, go to Liverpool and win at Liverpool. Uh, What is wrong with our attitude not being the same as theirs? 
I mean, you know, if we, I repeat, if we can't get results against Sheffield United and West Brom, or we're going to get them, when we realise what is the, the, the amount of the opportunity we lost at West Brom is summed up when you look at the fact that we have got to play Manchester City, Spurs, Leicester, West Ham, Liverpool and Arsenal before the end of the season. And then we've also got six pointers with Brighton, Burnley, Sheffield United and Fulham. What's he going to do with those six pointers? Go in and try desperately not to lose in hope that that's enough to keep us afloat because we all knew at West Brom when we got the team sheet that that match was set up for Newcastle not to lose as opposed to Newcastle to win. Which is disgraceful. I wrote a piece about it, put it online. I just couldn't understand. If you're not targeting a game against the second bottom side who've won Absolutely. three times all season, conceded 56 goals, if you're not targeting that game for three points to drag you away from the relegation zone, which you game know, are if, you targeting? And yes. It's, it's a massive I frustration. I mean, yes, if, if, you, if you go to Manchester City, which is to come up and, and, and you, you get a draw or you get a draw against one of those other sides like Spurs and Leicester or Liverpool, Arsenal, then maybe it's a decent point. But a defeat at Sheffield United and a draw at West Brom, how many opportunities in the rest of the season are we going to have that was better than the game at West Brom? And yet we were very grateful and proudly said that uh, it was better than getting beaten, uh, that the attitude was quite great. I thought the attitude was so timid, it was absolutely untrue. Yeah, I was quite grateful to hear the final whistle, actually. I thought five more minutes and we could be looking at an unthinkable oh, result. Um, absolutely. But Villa, you I know, mean, themselves, I mean, this is, in terms of, I mean, I think every game is winnable. Fulham have shown that and it's just about going in with the right belief and attitude and we've spoken about this numerous times in previous podcasts you know you said it before the Chelsea game and you know yep. I, th- I still think that sound stands if you encourage your team if you make them believe they are the best in the league um, they can go yeah. out there and, 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 and beat anyone can beat anyone I look at Villa they're without Jack Grealish um, and they've only won one in the last five so they're not on a great run themselves yes in the, in the top ten yes they've had a a much better season than ourselves, a much better season than anyone was expecting. But I don't think there's anything to fear there, really. And and you would think, with Newcastle really in the middle of a fight for safety and, and, and Villa, you know, I mean, okay, they can still qualify you for Europe, maybe. Um, you know, they're just, what, eight points off fifth place. But really, you would think Newcastle would be coming in this game with um, the one to win, the one to pull themselves away from this relegation zone. Well, they better take that attitude in the game because the best thing that's happened to Newcastle United regarding the game with Villa is the fact that Jack Grealish is out, regardless of the team that Steve Bruce picks for to represent us. The biggest advantage we've got is that Grealish wasn't playing, because isn't playing because if he is a superb player that did everything that kept them up last season and everything that's taken them to ninth top this season. 
And without him, there was shadow of the side. And, of course, their fans are all panicking at this one without him because they're saying, what if he is sold in the summer? What sort of season are we going to have next season? The best news for, for Steve Bruce is something he's got no control over, which is Jack Grealish not playing for Villa. If we don't attempt to take advantage of that... We may as well just surrender, not play the games for the rest of the season and just take going down on the number of points we've got already because we are adapting an absolutely diabolical uh, attitude towards what is literally a life or death situation. We've spoken previously, John, about the formation and the tactics and we had uh, some real frustration about the way Dwight Gale was, was used uh, in, in that Chelsea game, and again against West Brom, you know he didn't start. Steve Bruce decided to start with Julinson and uh, uh, Fraser, and Hendrick came in as well. Um, and then he was asked afterwards, "Why didn't you start Carroll or why didn't you start Gill?" And he said, "Oh, because I didn't, we didn't want to change the system." What did yeah. you make of those comments? And does he have to change the system heading into this one against Villa? Well, I mean, the simple question that ought to have been put to Steve Bruce when he said that was that at the end of last season, you having had a look at the players available to you all that season, you waffled on about uh, about Dwight Gale being this natural goal scorer that you would try to sign three times for another club and how much you rated him, and you kept him in the club instead of cashing in on him uh, by selling him. You give Andy Carroll uh, another contract which surprised the majority of Newcastle United fans because his fitness levels alone, never mind his scoring uh, ratio, doesn't demand another, uh, another contract. So you keep Gale and Carroll for this season. Newcastle can't score goals all season. They didn't score enough when they had the three best players on the side in Wilson, San Maximum and uh, Miguel Mirren. Now, it's diabolical. But with those three out, you still don't play. You still don't start Gale and Carroll. I mean, Gale goes on as a sub. Carroll went on 30 seconds from the end at, at, uh, at the Hawthorns. Does he think in 30 seconds he's going to influence the match? Or is he just trying to pacify the player by letting them qualify for the hefty bonus he gets for a sub-appearance because it is an absolute nonsense. Why did you keep Gale and Carroll if in Newcastle's emergencies you're not prepared to turn to them? He's got to change the system. The system might have suited uh, Wilson to play with Maggie in uh, San Maximum but the same system does not prove, does not uh, get the best out of whoever plays in their absence. And he's got to go with Gale and Carroll up top. It's no good going and playing them up top against Man City or whatever. He's got to play them up top in a winnable match, which Aston Villa definitely is, with a wide player to provide the crosses for Carroll. Let Carol Russell a few feathers and Gail look really like picking up the pieces. I'm not advocating that they're Premier League quality strikers, but Steve Bruce did when he kept them for this season, so why isn't he trying to play them now and get something out of them when they might just save his neck? It is a 
baffling question. As I mean, it was baffling, like you see it, to see Carroll come off the bench for the last 30 seconds. Oh. And um, if you're going to bring him on, you want to bring him on for the last 10, 15 and just get the ball Absolutely. in the box. Um, just before, John, I ask you about your, your score prediction for this one. I don't know, well, you don't have Twitter, so you might have not seen the video that's doing the rounds of your, your good self. But um, yes. there's a video doing the rounds of yourself, Brian Clough, Laurie McMenemy and Doug Weatherall speaking about how the North East is a football hotbed all the way from 1975. Yep. Um, it was posted yesterday and it's nearly got 160,000 views and it's fair oh. to say that you're, you're, A, first of all, your passion is getting a lot of plaudits but also your dress sense. <laughs> well, the passion's not something I can do something about but the, the other most certainly is but... Uh, Believe you me, and you wouldn't know, Andrew, being a young whippersnapper, but that was quite the cool dude in his day, you know. <laughs> I mean, can you remember that? Because, I mean, a lot of people are, um, are talking what, about that the, one. What was the, it like to the, sit on that the panel? Thing we, the thing we did in the studio with Cluffy and Mac Menemy? Yeah. Yeah, it was, a, it was a BBC thing, and the guy doing it used to be Mike Neville's right-hand man on the... Uh, on the evening program, and um, you know, obviously, when whoa, Doug and I both knew Lowry Mack and uh, Cluffy very, very well, and um, yeah, and, and in lots of ways, Doug and I were taking the line of defending the Northeast, and the two Northeast-born managers were saying, "Well, you better get out there and see what's happening in the rest of the country." But you know, when I looked at that little while back. Uh, you know, the same problems I was talking about uh, in those days apply to these days. We haven't taken one step forward in terms of actually consistently winning things with the best supporters in the most passionate area in the country. And yes, I would put it up against Liverpool or Manchester or London in terms of fan passion. We still don't win out. Uh, and and that the problem we had then is the problem we've got now only perhaps multiplied even more so. A lot of people have said that as well. They share that sentiment that the, the kind of issues being discussed back in 1975 could well apply to today. But fingers crossed, though. I mean, tomorrow night, Friday, the the draw of this, uh, the close of the game, we're, we're talking about a few more positive elements of, of Newcastle United and they've pulled away from the relegation zone. The question is, John, what's the score going to be? Great question. I mean, we know what the score has to be. It has to be Newcastle winning, and we don't care if it's by a single goal, an own goal scored in the 92nd minute. Newcastle have got to win, and I hope that Steve Bruce is trying to pull the wool over the eyes of all of us, but when he's at home with the curtains drawn and sitting, staring into the fireplace, he realises that, because no doubt we'll be told if we get a draw that it'll be another great result. I mean, the last two games we've drawn against... Wolves and we've drawn against West Brom and he's told us, uh, you know, how good that is. If we had won one of them by having a go and lost the other, we would have been better off. We would have had three points instead of two. So we've got to win this one. We've got a real incentive to do it because Jack Grealish isn't playing. And um, I've got to go for Newcastle winning 1-0 just because if they don't, then we're in 
the most desperate plight, and I'm sick to death of saying it ever. I could see it being another draw. Uh, I could see Villa winning it. We have got to have the right attitude, and we've got to win it. No ifs, no buts, no excuses. The time for excuses is gone. The time for pulling wool over the eyes is gone. Get out there, get the job done, and the 15 that go on the field and the manager, let's see some backbone. You're representing a great, great club and, and great, great fans. For God's sake, show it. Hello, welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. I'm joined by Burnham Live's Ashley Priest. It is Newcastle versus Aston Villa tomorrow up at St James's Park. A Friday night kickoff in front of the TV cameras, which I guess every game at the moment is. Um, Ashley, how are you how are you feeling? Are you looking forward to the journey up? And do you think it's going to be a positive night for you guys? Fingers crossed, Andrew. Hello to all the Newcastle fans as well. Yeah, looking forward to it. It's always a bit spicy in the air. Uh, returning back to see our Brucey and uh, hopefully Billy do, do the number on him again. Um, Newcastle struggling of late. Billy without Jack Grealish, of course. I'm sure we'll get to that. And yeah, it's been a pretty inconsistent start from Villa um, since the turn of the year. Winning one, losing one, winning one. Um, been that, followed that pattern to be honest, but things are looking good. Andrew, Villa's perspective, ninth in the league, and, and aspirations to kick on. But I don't think I can say that of Newcastle, can I really? No, not at all. It's thoroughly depressing being a Newcastle United fan, and it's <laughs> interesting you mentioned the fact that Jack Grealish will be missing. And I heard that news, I read that news this morning, and I kind of just shrugged kind of the Alan Partridge gif, like, <laughs> yes. The mood I'm in and the mood I think a lot of Newcastle United fans in and journalists too, you just can't see where the next win's coming from. And it goes back to how they set up against West Brom last weekend. If you can't come out and target West Brom and beat West Brom second in the uh, second bottom, then how are you going to do against a team ninth and, and still within a shout of going for Europe? What is the issue with Newcastle? Is it player confidence or is it, is it the system he's implementing? A player, a player's confident enough to, or they're not being allowed to showcase their talents. What's the issue? Well, the way they speak, they're confident enough. They say they they go out to win every game, but as we all know, you can say one thing and the instructions might be totally different. At the moment, the system is the is the big issue because it works so well with Callum Wilson out in that wide position because it was built for him. He can hold the ball up. He's strong, yeah. and he's quick to come into the middle. And it was perfect for me. It fitted him perfectly. It allowed Almiron to 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 buzz about in a free roll and St. Maxman out on the left. And it, it, it did. It worked spot on, sort against Everton, sort against Southampton. But the issue now is that the three players it was built around aren't available. And it should have changed, in my opinion, as soon as Wilson was injured against Southampton. Mm. Uh, but Steve Bruce stuck with it against Chelsea, played Dwight Gale in the position Wilson you know, where Wilson was playing. And it, it doesn't suit Dwight Gill. And I've said it numerous times over the, the last few weeks. And I'm sure our listeners and viewers of our podcast will be getting sick of me banging this drum. But ah. you cannot be playing Dwight Gill out on what is effectively a right-wing rule. Um, you know, he should be in the centre, running on the last man, getting the ball, um, you know, through the, through the channels and not having to come in from the side. Um, so the system needs to change. Steve Bruce was asked after the West Brom game, why didn't start Dwight Gale? Why didn't start Andy Carroll? And it was his reply was because we'd have to change the system. Mm. And it is, it's frustrating because when you've got the players there, 
they're not as good as the players we've lost, but you've still got decent enough players. And so you've got to make sure you use them. You know, you whoever replaces Jack Grealish, for example, or, you know, if you lose a star player like Watkins, perhaps, whoever comes in, you, I'm sure Dean Smith will will tweak the system to the benefit of that player coming in. Yeah, it's an interesting one Callum Wilson. His track record for injuries isn't good, is it, Andrew? Um, he's been out a long time and Newcastle knew that when they signed him, they spent them, went all out to get him, got him in. And um, the backup isn't good enough, is it really? Jolinton hasn't done it for you guys. Um, Ryan Fraser had a stint up front at the weekend. Was he, was he playing more up front as well? And Gale's in and out. So lack of consistency there. And the backup's not not been good to call upon, I'm guessing, from Newcastle side of things. As for Villa, without Grealish, they've been pretty toothless, to be honest. Um, the wingers have flattered to deceive a lot of the time. Um, they blow hot and cold. I know a lot of Premier League wingers do, but they haven't really nailed down their consistency. Bertrand Jura, £17 million signing from Leon, Champions League pedigree. He's OK now and again. Um, disappointing against Wolves. Al Ghazi was injured last week. He had an infected toe. He's touch and go for the weekend as well. But Friday, I should say. And Trezeguet's come in. He's just more of a workhorse, to be honest. He, lacking that, that, that cutting edge up front. And Watkins at the bar. He's been eating the bar in the bar a lot as well. So he's been unfortunate. But yeah, I mean, they're huffing and puffing at the moment, Villa. They're, they're getting the odd result when they can. Um, but they're relying on their defence, to be honest, Andrew. And 14 clean sheets out of 24, only better by Man City. You're going to get a pick up results, aren't you? If you have, if you have a solid defence like that. And that's been the foundation for success. Ezri Kanta, he should be on the plane to, to the Euros for me. Incredible. I think Southgate might be at St. James's tomorrow to catch his eye on him. And Emi Martinez as well. I've done a big piece on him today. Absolute steal uh, in goal. So, yeah, defence is, is outshining. The Villa attack at present. And hopefully there's another clean sheet tomorrow. I don't know if, if Newcastle are going to burst Villa's bubble. I'm not sure. I hope so. And But again, it comes back to the system. You know, Steve Bruce seems pretty reluctant to change it. So, again, if he sticks with that system, you can see... Uh, Joe Linton out on the wide. You can see uh, Joe Willick in that kind of number ten role, and Ryan Fraser out on the on the left. It, it just doesn't work. I thought Joe Willick actually was was ineffective. Um, I thought he was kind of nullified in that that number ten role. I know Mikel Arteta has spoken about it, but it's not a conventional number ten role. It's more of a false number nine, whatever that means. Yes, um, and I felt he was uh, he was less effective. And if you look at the average positional. Um, kind of formations of where he's played in the few games he's had at Newcastle. He was actually as far back um, in this false number nine as he has been um, when he's been playing a kind of centre mid role. So for me, yeah. you've got to get him back in, in, in the sense of the park. And look, like I say, in my, my opinion, you change the system, put Dwight Gale in the centre, you put Ryan Fraser on, on one wing, um, Jacob Murphy on the other. You could even stick with Joe Linton. He didn't have a, a bad game against West Brom. He's just a, he's just a man lacking confidence. He's got the whole world on his shoulders because he's wearing that number nine shirt, and he knows mm. price tag. Uh, Callum Wilson out injured. The pressure is on him to to prove himself, and unfortunately, it's just not coming off. He's not a number nine in the true sense of the word of Alan Shearer or Callum Wilson. Um, so uh, yeah, I think everyone would like to see a bit of a change, but whether that happens or not, I'm not too sure. But it's a big game for Newcastle. They can't afford to lose it, and it's it's another must win game in the eyes of, of, of many fans because if you lose this one on Friday, you then head to Brighton the week after and goodness me, doesn't that sun, right. suddenly ramp up into into yeah. to the levels you do not want it to be because <laughs> it's, it, I mean, it's already a must win even before this Villa game. 
So imagine if Newcastle lose on Friday, what then happens to that Brighton game? It's it's terrifying. We was all sat there last year. I don't know if Villa survived in the end. Seven points adrift, a couple of ga- a few games left, and the, they pulled it out of the bag somehow. Um, yeah, I think, I think Newcastle made a bit of a miracle. You got Fulham beating the likes of Liverpool. It doesn't really bode well, does it? Fulham picking up form and Newcastle need to come on strong later in the season. So games running out now, and I'll be eyeing to pick up results at St James's Park on Friday. Well, it's interesting because you mentioned last season. What was it like? in terms of this belief, because Fulham seem to have this belief that they can beat anyone. I spoke to one of our colleagues, Scott Trotter, who covers Fulham, and he was like, yeah, they've got this mindset which we want to win, whether it's Liverpool, whether it's against Newcastle. The, the, you know, the mantra is, we are winning this game. What was it like for Villa last season? Was that when, when things were really down, you know, like you say, fighting for the lives, seven games to go, was there always that belief that we're Aston Villa and we can beat anybody? Not really, no. I mean, before lockdown uh, commenced, I got battered at Leicester 4-0. You know, there's questions about Dean Smith's job then. He was, we had Chelsea coming up on the Saturday, get a thump in there, and Dean Smith might, might have gone. You don't know. Villa, that cut adrift at that stage. But lockdown happened. Um, they got their act together defensively and just, just eking out the little positives. If they've got a clean sheet there, they, they take that and they try and build on it. But it's the last four games. I think the, the beat Arsenal 1-0 at Villa Park, galvanised momentum. I think when Newcastle beat Southampton at home, you, you think, come on then, a bit of momentum there. But it just it hasn't happened, has it? And they fell back into the pit. Pit of doom, I should say. And just that moment, it's all about momentum when you're down the bottom. If you're picking up, if you're unbeaten in two, picking up two draws, when your next win comes, you're bouncing again and you, you're bouncing to the next one. And Newcastle need that bounce, don't they? Um, and hopefully, as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't come on Friday, but they just need that result. Definitely. I mean, unbeaten in the last two, the two draws... So, yeah, it's, a, it's again, it's a platform to build on. You know, they're above Brighton in this scrap. And, of course, it's Fulham in the relegation zone. So, you know, there's a platform to build on it. And I think it would only take a couple of wins and then everything looks a little bit healthier. But the issue is, where are these wins coming from? Because since Newcastle beat West Brom on December the 12th, they've only won two Premier League games since. Mm. And, you know, they're not drawn that many, whereas Fulham haven't been losing games. They've just not been winning games until recently. So that, there's a difference there. And it is all about momentum. And there just seems to be this this fear, this lack of confidence, I think, amongst Newcastle's fan base. And it, it would be interesting to see the effect of that if this game was played in front of a full house. I tell you that much. It oh, would God, be, yeah. It's, it would, it'd be interesting to see how that affects things. But again, again, maybe if the fans were there, Newcastle wouldn't be in this position. Um, who knows? I want to ask you about Jack Grealish because Newcastle are obviously missing three-star men. And, Steve Bruce made a lot about the fact that Alan Maximum was out for so long with COVID and a lot of people said, oh, well, Newcastle are one-man team. And I've yeah. seen the accusations thrown at, at Aston Villa. Um, are they a one-man team, is it, without Jack Grealish? Is that, is it just yeah. North Ness there? That was, that, that was consensus when they got beat by Sheffield United in midweek, uh, last week. Um, they just couldn't knock in the door. They couldn't knock, it, knock the door down. And that little killer pass, that little intricacy in the final third, they're missing that. And, Jack Grealish comes up trumps in that department and I come away from that game against Sheffield United being beat. I thought, one-man team, Miss Grealish. But um, last week against Wolves, they come out all guns blazing in the first half and they put in a really, really good performance and makes, makes you rethink that, that suggestion that Villa are a one-man team. But I think Watkins is a plus. He's been really good this season. So he's 10 goals already, but he should have many more than that. But he's a plus and on the day... Need a bit more from Ross Barkley now. He's been out the side the last couple of weeks. Um, 
he's a label of Marquis signing when he first arrived and looked really good. Looked the Barkley of old, but he hasn't quite done it. John McGinn's slowly coming back into form. He should make his 100th appearance. The Villa at St. James after Brucey bought him, 2.75 million. Thank you, Brucey. What a, what a boy that was, by the way. And So he's all right. And just, yeah, the wingers are flattening through to deceive, to deceive at the moment, blowing hot and cold. But hopefully now Jack Grealish back next week at Spurs. Five games he's missed now. Villa have missed him in this little period. So, yeah, I think it's a, it's a bonus for Newcastle as far as they're concerned, Andrew, for sure. With Villa still within a shot of you know, qualifying for Europe, is that the aim? Are, are they stagnating at the moment? I know they've missed Grealish. That obviously adds into it. But what do you think? How will they be approaching this game? Will they be approaching it and thinking, well, if we win here, you know, we get closer to, to, to fifth place? I think, what, the eighth? Eight points off or something like that. Let me just double check yeah. there. So, yeah, yeah, that's why, isn't it? Yeah, so they're eight points off West Ham and fifth. So they're still very much within a, a chance of qualifying for Europe. Is that the aim? And will that spur them on to, to approach this game on Friday night in, in in a positive manner? Yeah, listen, for sure. They've got 12 games left, Villa. And they haven't played Everton or Spurs once yet. They've got to play them twice, don't forget. And they're, they're two sides above them. So that could be key. Because um, the games against them have been postponed. So they've got double headers against them pair. You come out of that positive, you're back in amongst it. So, listen, Villa fans are just enjoying it. They've gone from surviving by a single point, um, looking down and out, championship football beckoned, to knocking on the European door. So, I think they'd snap your hand off a 10th now, Andrew, they really would. And just that progress they're making, that's Dean, that's Dean Smith's buzzword at the moment, uh, progression. Um, so, slow progress, doing well. And um, that's like a top half, top half finish this season, for sure. Okay, they petered off a little bit, but put it in Put it into perspective, they've done, they've done well, and nobody expected how high they were going to go. So, yeah, it's going to be been a positive season, regardless. Now that hopefully they can, they can finish it in style. What's interesting, you mentioned the word progress because that was one of Steve Bruce's buzzwords <laughs> earlier in the season. And I think I got in touch with you to ask about Dean Smith and the progress done there. And it's interesting because the comparison is that Villa were fighting for the lives this time last year, and here they are in the top 10. And I asked you the question about sticking with your manager and does that kind of apply to Steve Bruce where, you know, they could survive this season. The fans should then look at Steve Bruce and say, right, he kept Newcastle up. Let's give him a chance with the fans in the ground. And who knows, Newcastle next season could be looking to qualify for Europe instead of fighting for survival. Exactly that. I mean, what's the consensus now, Andrew? Have you done any polls at Chronicle Live? What's the feeling amongst the fan base? Well, once you lose that, for me, it's, it's curtains, really. Can, is, can, can he come back for me? I mean, what's the I feeling mean, like? Yeah, especially on the social media, and I know it's not a fair representation of you know the whole fan base, but I, yeah, he's got a tough job to win around. I think the majority of the fan base, of at least those on Twitter, because the thing with Newcastle is that this season, when the results, when he's needed a result, Steve Bruce has somehow managed it. Mm. However, in recent weeks, months since December, really, it's 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 not really happened. And whereas early on the season they were playing poorly, but nicking results, they're playing playing poorly now and not getting the results they need. And I think, you know, at the, at the end of the day, Steve Bruce is a side story to the ambition and the plan of Mike Ashley. That's what it comes down to. But that isn't a defence of Steve Bruce because. At the end of the day, Steve Bruce has had quite a bit of money to spend. He's got decent players at his disposal and he needs to be getting more out of Newcastle. They should not be this far down in the, in the Premier League table. They should be 
you would argue a solid mid mid table team. It's yeah. not the ambition I want for this club. It's not the ambition fans want. But that is that is the card Steve Bruce has been dealt with, and that's what Steve Bruce should be achieving, I think, with this set of players. You know what Mike Ashley wants for the club is a totally different debate. Yeah, but I do think I do think they need to be separate. Uh, threat separately, and I do think that Steve Bruce has got a very tough job to win round to win round fans again, even if they survive the drop. Yeah, well, what's the fallout with the, the Matt Ritchie stuff you've covered? And I think John Josh Alvey spoke quite complimentary of Steve Bruce, so it doesn't seem to he's lost the dressing room as much. Okay, he's had a few fallings out now and again, but he's going to need that dressing room, Andrew. If you can, if you're in a relegation dogfight as you are, you're gonna, he's going to need every man. And um, are they up to the challenge? Will, will the fight fight in the trenches for him? What's your gut feeling? I just, I just look at them and I look at that West Brom game and I just, I didn't see any urgency. I didn't see any leadership because I just, I'm just thinking, you know, they were second, they are second bottom in the Premier League. You are very close to dropping in that relegation zone. And it was, at times it was pedestrian. You know, they created a few chances, but West Brom, West Brom had played, what was it, 30 hours before that? They'd played on the Thursday, my maths. It's a bit, what, 60 hours maybe. But you get the point. They'd, their turnaround from that Everton game on the Thursday was so short. Newcastle had a full week. And yes, they had the training ground debacle. They had the injuries to Almiron and St. Maximum. But at the end of the day, you should be out of uh, that dressing room, out of the traps. You should be dominating yeah. that game. West Brom are tired, lethargic. And it it was the other way around. Newcastle just, you know, they just looked... Like they didn't have a game plan really, and the frustrating thing was is that three points there, and you don't really care as much about what Fulham did at Liverpool. And three points there, and Fulham would have gone into that game deflated, and then that probably would have had an impact. But instead, they look and think, well, they've drawn against West Brom, brilliant. We can, we you know, we can get within a point of them here. And look, Steve Bruce has his plaudits for man management and some of the players really do like him and, you know, bust-ups happen all the time on training grounds. It's, it's yeah. you know, it's one of those things. I think just the way it came out and, and, and the situation Newcastle find themselves in. And I just think on the pitch, there's just a lack of, there's, there's not a player who's grabbing this by, by the scruff of the neck and, and, reckon, and Newcastle to safety. Do the penny hasn't dropped yet? Do the big complacency considering the situation they're in? Probably they're not, not looking at the table. Do you know what I mean? They're putting the, the blinkers on. But in, in effect, they're sleepwalking towards relegation, aren't they? That, that, well, points, was, that points difference has slowly crept, crept yeah. back. Do you know what I mean? He was asked about this today. And I'm just going to try and find find the core. He was asked about, um, you know, if they're sleepwalking. I, I, it's difficult because it, from what we're hearing, unless he drops in that relegation zone, he, his job is relatively safe. Um and this is so the quarter day he was asked if the club realizes the situation is serious, and he replied, I think we've understood that for a while now. Look, we're not alone. We all don't want to be down there, but we haven't won enough matches not to. So it's key we win enough matches to ensure we aren't down there. So uh <laughs> <laughs> explain how the league table works. Um I'm sure he's well aware of the situation he's in. Whether he understands it or looks upon it as Newcastle United fans do is another question. He's obviously still very confident in his ability as manager. He's very experienced and there's no wonder he's got that confidence in himself to, to drag Newcastle around and to turn it around in the next season. 
the question is is whether whether they can do so. And speaking to our colleagues who cover Fulham and West Brom and Brighton, you know, they're all aiming for Newcastle. They're all they're all pick Newcastle to go down, and that for me tells a story. And it just goes back to that West Brom game. If that's if that's if that's the standard you're setting, then goodness me, how are you going to play against the likes of Aston Villa and the other teams around you, or whether the teams to come that are higher up the league? Interesting, yeah. I can't wait. Which Newcastle are going to turn up tomorrow? The one that's thinking we're, we're safe, it's fine. We're above the, the drop zone of the one that's going to come out all guns blazing, fighting and fighting for their lives. And Smith spoke about that today, Dean. He said, um, listen, I'm expecting a tough game. Newcastle are fighting and scrapping for everything. Called himself a young pup compared to Steve Bruce and his achievements in the Premier League. And But yeah, it should make an interesting one. I'm intrigued to see that first 20 minutes tomorrow. Um, which Newcastle are going to come? Are they going to come on strong early or are they going to sit back and who knows? It's anyone's guess. I think that the team sheet is the first thing, whether yes. the team changes, who comes in. Um, you know, Jeff Henrik isn't a fan favourite. Does he drop out for maybe one of the long staffs? Doesn't look like, like that. It'll be Matty. He was playing for the N23s um, on Monday. Steve Bruce was asked about him again today and it didn't, it, the quotes didn't seem to mm. suggest he was going to be in for lineup. But I think something has to change because, it, again, if it starts with the same system, it's just it's not going to work, and especially against the Villa side who are very good defensively. Um, what's the one weakness of Villa that Newcastle can target? Um, we've been exposed. Uh, Leicester, middle of the park, really, for me. Leicester cut us the ribbons the other week. Um, Douglas Louise played, Barkley played, Madison got in the pocket. So I don't know if Willow could be tasked with doing that. Getting in between the midfield and defence, um, Villa locked to squeeze quite press quite highly and intensely. And Ollie Watkins, if you beat Villa's press, you beat them midfield. You, you're in basically. So Villa, their main trait is winning the ball back high, as high up as possible. That gives you the best chance of an attack, doesn't it? Really, I don't think Newcastle do that, do they? They don't win the ball back high enough to 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 leapfrog to start a counter attack. So. Getting in between the in between the um, the holes and mid, mid, the midfield area is key. Villa have been hit and missing there of late, and they've been punished. So, yeah, that, the midfield department, if, if Newcastle can get get ahead of that, I think Chalvis had a couple of good games against Villa previously. They can get amongst it. Um, yeah, the common stuck. So, yeah, intriguing one. Mm, it is. I mean, they have tried to press. They did it well when Callum Wilson was playing against Everton. Was probably. The one game where you say, wow, you know, they were excellent. The first half That's against it. Southampton as well. But again, it comes back to the fact that uh, they haven't got Callum Wilson. They haven't got on the Euron. They haven't got St. Maximum. So again, I'm banging that drum. Please change the system and and and, and just give Gale a chance to prove himself. You know, he needs a new contract. He's going to be hungry. He wants to prove himself. He wants to prove that he can still cut it in the Premier League. And if you play him, then you it, it kind of should benefit Shelby and those long passes that he likes to pick out, you know, the Hollywood balls. And because at the moment he's trying it and no one's moving, no one's running onto them because everything's still going down the flanks. So, yeah, I'd like to see a system change. But like, like I've said oh, about five times now, I'm not confident <laughs> that's going to come. Um, I guess just to finish off then, Ashley, what's your score prediction for tomorrow night? Yeah, funny you mentioned Gale there. What Gale's been a bit of a nemesis for Villa. Um, he scored last year at St. James's it was in the summer, Project Restart, I think he's... He put them ahead. He come on after about a minute and he scored. And he used to used to um, be a thorny Villa side in the championship when he was at Albion as well on loan. And 
He knows where the back of the net is. His movement's good. He's caused Tyron Mings countless problems before. He really has. So if, if Gale plays, I think he, I think he, I think he'll score. He tends to do that against Villa. But like I say, without Grealish, Villa aren't as strong. That's facts for you. Um, so I'm going to say a score draw. I'm going to go one-one. I don't know what that does for Newcastle, but would I take that now if I was Villa? I don't know. Given Newcastle's form. You want to be going there looking to win. Um, Villa haven't won at Newcastle in 12 years, uh, 12 attempts since the uh, Bowyer Diet bust up. So it's been a long old while. I think Newcastle have won seven and drew five. Um, I was in the away, I was in the away end when Andy Cowell scored a hat trick for the six nil as well. So it's a yeah, not, not not a fun place to visit for me. Um, so so yeah, I can't believe Villa haven't won in that, that 2005. Is it? Yeah, I think incredible record. It's it's. The chance to do the double over Newcastle for the first time since two thousand four five, I think. Or maybe yeah, it's a wretched record Villa have got. So Newcastle fans can cling on to that, I guess. I mean, a point. I mean, a point's better than a defeat, <laughs> but it probably wouldn't do Newcastle fans. It wouldn't help them sleep at night because I mean that would take them on to twenty eight. Fulham could beat Man City. Okay, it's not likely, but they could do twenty nine, and then Brighton play Southampton, which would take them on to twenty nine. Newcastle would be. In the relegation zone, so for me, it's got to be a must-win. But I thought last week was, <laughs> yeah, which didn't seem to. Um, for me, it's got to be a must-win because you just, you just, you've got to be targeting a route out of this, and to just to continue to get draws is not going to be good enough. You, you know, you want to be out of this sooner rather than later. So it's got to be a must-win. I don't think it will be. I think, I think it'll be two 0 to Aston Villa, and I'm sorry that I'm that pessimistic, but. <laughs> the way it is unfortunately <laughs> hopefully I'm wrong hopefully I'm wrong <laughs> love it but uh, we do appreciate you popping on to the everything is back on my podcast safe travel up to Tyneside and at least from a Newcastle point of view I hope uh, I hope your trip to Newcastle isn't a pleasant one 